0: South of the Six Podcast, bringing you the latest on your favorite Toronto sports
1: teams from south of the Canadian border. Here's your host, Adam Corsair. All right, here we go. Welcome to episode 111 of the South of the Six Podcast. We are part of the stadium scene, .tv network, and part of the overtime media crew. We are down to our final regular season game the Toronto Raptors, and they pretty much solidified themselves as the second place team in the Eastern Conference. Joining me tonight to discuss all things Toronto Raptors is j Rosales, as I like to call him J-Row, but apparently J-Row is taken, so j Rosales of Raptors HQ in their official podcast, That's a Wrap. J, man,
0: what's going on? Hey, thanks for having me on, and you know what? This whole j ro thing is starting to, I don't know starting to like it. You like it? I, uh, I think I mentioned before that, you know, so it, it, the name's already been taken, but ever since I mentioned it, no one else has mentioned the other J-Row, so I don't know if I can kind of steal it. <laughs> I feel, I, feel a little, I
1: don't
0: know, but it feels right, you know?
1: I like it. I mean, it, like, who it, is, it, is this other J-Row? should be J-Row? right. Who, who is this J-Row? <laughs> I don't know who this person is. is he, you said it's a DJ? Yeah,
0: he's a DJ. I don't know if he still does. I think that's what I want to find out, is if he's not DJing anymore, then... I think that you know it kind of leaves the J-Row thing available hmm. for the take Yeah,
1: I think you can I think you can overtake that by <laughs> now, man. I think now being uh being a, a pretty pretty prestigious writer at Raptors HQ, I think you've <laughs> earned the the ability to take someone else's nickname and claim it as your own. Yeah,
0: I'm uh I'm not one to brag, but uh it's 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 a pretty good time I think to be a writer a podcaster anything relate to the raptors as you know so yeah, man. um yeah man let's i i i mean this is, this is why i'm so excited to be on your show not only to be a guest on your show because I mean, we always have great conversations but i mean it's just the time of the year is just so amazing i mean i i, I can't wait i just I, i've been saying this for like weeks now that like these games have been just kind of you know kind of going through the motions but at the same time the raptors have made them exciting they've made them like learning experiences for us as fans and of course for them as a team, but yeah, let's just get these playoffs started already. My gosh.
1: Do you get the sense today? I was, all right. So after we're recording this on Sunday evening, um, after watching this afternoon's Raptors game against the heat, uh, we're obviously down to our final regular season game uh, and that will happen on Tuesday against Minnesota. But just thinking that this is the last regular season game, it made me realize how quickly this season has gone. And I don't know if this is, uh, you know, ostensibly in our minds, more quickly than it's been in previous seasons, just the feeling of it. But I, I don't know. This season has – there's been so much involved. So many things have happened, you know, with the whole Kawhi Leonard thing and with Pascal Siakam's breakout – um, injury concerns here and there. It's just been so overwhelming that I, I just feel that it, in a blink of an eye, like, yes, it felt like yesterday that DeMar got traded for Kawhi. And for me, it's just like, wow, this season has just been a blink of an eye and playoffs are here already. So I, I don't know if you get the same sort of feeling
0: about this regular season. I do. I do. I mean, it's, uh, I, I kind of swing both ways, but, but for the most part, I agree with you that uh, it does feel like the season is kind of whizzed by. And when you know, using the same example that you gave in terms of like the, everything that's happened since the trade, uh, it, it does feel like you know it just happened yesterday. And, and I remember thinking at the time that you know, if if this was um, going to be our only season with Kawhi, and I know this is something we're going to talk about in more depth later, but um, if this was going to be our one season with a superstar of this caliber, which this franchise has never had before, I had this feeling like. You know, the, that saying that goes, you know, that it, oh man, how's the saying, how's the saying go in terms of like uh, things going by in, 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 in like the blink of an eye? I know it's going to come to me after this pod, but. Um, that sounds right to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's what the season has been. I mean, it's been so fun. It's been, I think it's exceeded everyone's expectations. I mean, if you were to script how uh, the season would have gone as a Raptors fan and as uh, someone who, who wants to see Kawhi staying for more than one year. I think that this actually exceeded those expectations, at least from, a, from the standpoint of the regular season. I mean, the playoffs are obviously a whole different story and everything was going to be uh, dependent on that. But yeah, I think because everything has kind of exceeded expectations and everything has gone as well as you probably could have hoped, I think that's what's adding to this being and giving us all this feeling that this has gone by way too fast because now here we are, right? Final game of the season and right that's it now they all matter
1: yeah it's it's gotten to the point that I feel like I didn't get it enough. Like, I feel like I didn't. It's it's one of those things that once it's over, you sort of re-examine everything that's happened. And this doesn't necessarily have to do with just the Raptors. Just anything, any awesome moment that you go through in life that you're just like, man, I really wish I paid more attention or I felt more in the moment in hindsight. Um, that's sort of how I feel about this Raptor season. Yes, I've practically watched every single game live. There were a couple that I had to watch on replay, whether that be because of family obligations or because of West Coast time zone games. I just can't do it. So, like, it, it's that feeling that, man, I really wish I was more, like, laser-focused on this team during the regular season. But, you know, like I said, there's been so much that's been going down this regular season that it's, it's sort of... If you're not paying attention to all the nuances... All at once, uh, you're not going to get everything, and it, for me, it's just it's an in, it's an inevitability that there's going to be some things that like you wish you were paying more attention to, or you wish that you sort of reached back and said, "Oh man, I, I really wish I could experience that again." Um, it, this is just pretty much by definition what makes a great regular season great, right? Because if this was something that we, you know, experienced as former uh, seasons have shown, like it, Raptor seasons in the past where they've just been terrible. It's sort of like, I don't really care if I miss anything, right? I don't really care if I, if I don't see a game or I see a moment and it's whatever, it's, it's not going to really matter in the grand scheme of things. Mm -hmm. So I guess in that aspect, when things are more concentrated throughout the regular season, all these great moments, I guess that really calls to how great this season has been.
0: I couldn't agree more. I mean, that that's you, you've encapsulated what the season is all about. And, um, you know, we can we can break it down by game. And, you know, I'm actually really impressed that you were able to watch all these games. Because I don't know about you, but but for me, if, if I know that there's a game that I missed and I know that we lost, uh, the likelihood that I'm going to watch the highlights or, or go back and watch the game or even read. I mean, in terms of, like, reading articles, I go through a plethora of different uh, websites, blogs, and <clears throat> podcasts after we win. When we lose, I don't know, there's something in that doesn't sit well. I don't like reading about it. I don't like reading about how we did bad. <laughs> you know, do you ever notice that like you you read more when after a win, but you read less? Oh, like yeah. it's, it's like I don't want yeah. I don't want I don't want to hear. I don't want to read from the 10th different author that Jeremy Lambs was a was incredible. I get it. Which one? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> So yeah, I mean it, and uh, you know, I applaud you for for going back to watching all of these games because, um, you know, this is definitely going to be a season to remember. And 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 the great part of it is that the the final few chapters have yet to be written, right? And that's that's what what's sitting right in front of us.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's true, and you know, it's. Everything, this whole culmination of this season that I have to keep reminding myself that it doesn't necessarily dictate the pace of the playoffs and it doesn't necessarily define the team's future. I think that when Kawhi said that these games are just practice games, that these games uh, are, you know, he didn't come out and say this verbally, but pretty much said like in the grand scheme of things, the regular season games are meaningless in comparison to the playoffs. So it's sort of good to have that line of reasoning out there to remind yourself that, like, don't really take this too seriously. Yes, it's something that as fans that you want to hold on to and you definitely want to, for lack of a better way to put it, to cherish because you do. Like, so I liken this season to the 2015 Blue Jays. It's just one of those seasons in your adult life that you just will reference always. Like, this is, no matter what happens in the playoffs, you will be able to reference this Toronto Raptors team, this 2018-19 Toronto Raptors team, as, so far, the best Toronto Raptors team that you have ever seen. And I know, like, progressively every year we say that, right? I'm sure I said this last year, and I'm sure I'm not alone in that. Last year, I was probably like, oh, the first seed in the Eastern Conference, the best Raptors team ever, Until, like, this team shows up. So, like, I I do leave room for something else to happen. But at the same time, it's something special that you can see, like, never has there been such a perfect storm of situations and a perfect storm of players on this team to really define the identity of the Raptors ever. And I think that is something completely brand new to Raptors fans.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, I guess it's been also a great appetizer, to the playoffs, right? We've, we've seen glimpses of our brilliance in various games of the season, not just in one stretch or in in one game or or one month. It's just been consistent all year long. I mean, if you try to think of a time of the season where the Raptors had a lull, um, because, again, we've been consistently good all year long. And, and you know, we haven't had a, a you know, if... if if I just ask you right now, think of a stretch where we really played our poorest, when would you say that was?
1: Yeah, it doesn't really come to mind. Like, if anything, and maybe right after the All-Star game, maybe, but like it, nothing really jumps out to me.
0: Right, exactly. And and same for me. And, I, and I'm glad that you and I thought of different times of the season because there really isn't a defined time. We never really had a long losing streak. Um, I was actually thinking of around about Christmas time, mm. you know, we got blown out by the magic, blown out by the Sixers We had that embarrassing loss to the Spurs all within like a two week stretch. But then that also included, you know, impressive wins over the jazz and that amazing, uh, you know, nail biter against the heat. I mean, this, and also, I mean, I can't believe I didn't even mention this, that, uh, what I would consider probably the biggest win of the season in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, even when there are these quote unquote lulls, I mean, it's also coupled with amazing games that just say, you know what, we, we got this, you know, like, and that gives me hope for the playoffs. It gives me hope that if we happen to have a game where maybe we don't pull out the victory or maybe the threes don't fall or maybe, you know, the whoever our opponent is, has found some sort of a weakness to expose that this Raptors team Um, Again, echoing what you were saying about this is easily, or this is probably the best Raptors team we've ever had in franchise history, is that they will answer the call. They will come back with something to counter. And when you try to figure out a way to defeat this team over a seven game series, like name that opponent because this Raptors team is very capable of coming up to the challenge and, and, you know, for my money, overcoming that. This is the Overtime Podcast Network.
1: All right, well lending credence to that, let's just jump right into where they stand in the Eastern Conference. So right now they are 100% solidified as a second seed. Um they're not passing Milwaukee. That is done. That we can never bring that up again in terms of regular season uh, chances or if they're going to get the first seed. It's just not going to happen. Um, with today's victory over the Heat, they bring their record to 57 and 24 currently the second best overall record in the NBA. Um, As I mentioned, we are recording this on Sunday evening and Golden State still has three games remaining. And they have a record of 55-24. and So, And they have a game right now, actually, as we speak. So it's possible that if the Warriors win out and the Raptors drop their last game in Minnesota, the Golden State Warriors could take over as the second best team in the NBA record-wise. But that being said given that the regular season is just about over, you know, we talked about reflecting on the regular season with this Raptors. How do you feel about this team heading into the playoffs?
0: Oh, I couldn't be more happy. Um, I know we had a little bit of a slip up against the Hornets in our previous game. Mm -hmm. Um, but all all signs point to the Hornets are probably still not going to make the playoffs. And even if they did, I have never been worried about any of the prospective first round opponents that the Raptors would face. Um, But even looking at it from a macro level, I mean, looking beyond the first round, uh, I'm very confident in how this team is going to perform. I know that um, uh, Nurse has mentioned a couple of times that he's kind of holding some things in his back pocket. Lineups, plays, uh, specific uh, rotations. So uh, it's been very promising all at the same time still showing some continuity over these last few games, even though the second seed has been either fairly locked up or pretty much locked up. And now it is official. um, We've seen the same starting lineup, right? We haven't seen uh, any, uh, any large amounts of, of guys resting or playing limited minutes. Right. um, Even up until today's game, which again was the second last game of the season. Um, And there's something to be said about that, right? I mean, this has been a team that has been consistently hit with injuries or some rotation being in flux. If I want to be really specific, thumb injuries, but it's it's just been happening all year long. And I remember posing the question a couple of weeks ago when we finally had a fully healthy roster um, for like that half a minute um, <laughs> was whether or not a Nurse should actually use this time to get some chemistry going with the guys or use this opportunity again with the second seed essentially locked up maybe rest some guys and make sure that they're all ready and healthy for the playoffs and he went with the first route which was nope you know what i haven't had all these guys this is the time to test it out we have a a cupcake schedule but we can iron some things out that we need for the playoffs Um, and we've come out of it relatively unscathed i mean i i don't know what's the latest on on Danny Green's ankle from today's game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if we end up resting all of our guys against Minnesota, uh, which is kind of where I think this will end up being, um, then we're in perfect shape for the playoffs, at least from a health perspective. Um, you know, again, from a lineup and rotation standpoint, it's, I, I again, I couldn't be happier with how this team has performed. Offensively, just clicking, right? And the Raptors are... I believe it's something like 41% three point percentage since the Gasol trade. And that is almost three full percentage points better than the second best team uh, in the NBA. And I think that's the jazz. That's amazing. That's an amazing gap between the first and second in terms of three point percentage. And then if we look at the number of assists going around and the number of passes, I mean, all of that has grown exponentially. Um, well, I'll throw one more number at you. And, and that's fact like that. Sure. Um, I believe it is every NBA champion over the last I want to say seven seasons has ranked in the top ten in three-point shooting, and before the Gasol trade, the Raptors were simply not there. And we saw, we saw this right. Um, I know I was mentioning to you earlier the fact that you know when did the Raptors have lulls from a win-loss perspective? There weren't any, but the lulls were within the games, and that was mainly struggling with three-pointers. After the Gasol trade with our three-point numbers just skyrocketing both from a percentage standpoint and from a makes standpoint, um, we vaulted into the top 10. And now I think we are sixth in the NBA in overall three-point shooting. So that's great because then, you know, adding credence to where the NBA is headed and how it is a three-point shooting league, the fact that we've kind of made our way into that top 10 Uh, gives us that additional hope that, you know, we're kind of headed in the right direction, heading into the playoffs.
1: And it's not just, uh, you know, the aspect of heading into the right direction. It's heading in the right direction at the appropriate time, right? If this were to happen, say, I don't know, in like December or in January or February, um, yeah, we'd be encouraged by it. But then we would probably have in the back of our mind... Maybe this will fall off. Maybe this isn't sustainable. But to have this carry into the playoffs, that's huge. That's huge, especially when you're playing against teams that like can shoot, right? Uh, if there is an eventual, and we'll get to this later, but if there's an eventual uh, Bucks Raptors Eastern Conference Finals, you want to be on your game with your shooting, right? You want to have that in your arsenal that you can rely on to be uh, this good shooting team to to really put the boot on the throat of the bucks especially um, like i said we're going to get into how the you know the playoff picture breaks down but look th- everything is breaking at the appropriate time Right, And I know there are a little bit of health concerns. Um, You mentioned Danny Green. As far as I know, after the game today, he mentioned that he doesn't think it's going to be anything major. He doesn't think it's going to be anything that's going to set him back, but he's going to evaluate it. I don't know if he meant this in a team aspect or just by himself. But regardless, it's going to be evaluated one way or another tomorrow. Um, It didn't look like it was that much of a concern because he kept playing um, I, I think that if it was something major, he would have taken himself out of the game, um, especially seeing as though like th- that second scene was pretty much locked up. So... Um, I don't really have any worries there. You mentioned OG's concussion issues. That seems to be behind him. Fred VanVleet is firing on all cylinders. I'm not worried about any issues with his thumb or anything. Kyle Lowry, um, I know he had some injury issues before. Now, heading into the playoffs, he's going to be a pit bull about everything. He's going to be fine. Um, Kawhi Leonard, we're talking about load management all year. Really, he's probably as pristine as ever heading into the playoffs. So, really, there's nothing that I I can... Really, pinpoint to say that I'm concerned with really. And if um, I could, if I could actually p- add to
0: that, the, the yeah, please. In the last, I think, two games, like w- which game was it where where Danny jammed his thumb? That was against the I want to say, the was it against the Nets, yeah. I think it was the Nets. Yeah. So he's jammed his thumb and that didn't stop him from hitting what was it 29 points and <laughs> seven yeah. threes. Uh, today he hurts his ankle and hits. He outscores the heat in overtime by himself. So I think injuries yeah. to Danny Green are actually not a bad thing.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe they, maybe they make him a little tougher. Um, but look, like it, there, there were times before that you were worried about things heading into the playoffs. Like two years ago, I want to say it was Kyle Lowry heading into the playoffs. Um, last year it was Fred Van Vliet with the shoulder issue um, heading into the playoffs this year. I don't have any injury concerns. I don't have anything so far, you know, knock on desk, because there's still one more game against Minnesota. But so far, there's there's nothing that I'm looking at that I'm thinking, "Mm, this is something that's concerning me into the playoffs. I guess if I'm going to nitpick something, it's really the bench that I'm kind of worried about because they do tend to cough up leads and to let the foot off the gas a little bit from the work that the starters put in. But otherwise, man, I'm... I'm very confident with this team going into the playoffs more so than I have before. Um, I'm not worried about a first round knockout at all. Even though last year it was a successful year. I still had that in the back of my mind. I'm like, "Mm, you know, it's the Wizards. You never know what could happen. Um, Not worried about that at all. I don't care about winning game one or anything like that. Not even concerned. Not even concerned about round two. It's for the first time this year, it's Eastern Conference Finals forward, that's when I'm really going to be, like, white-knuckling my chair.
0: Yes, and I agree. And, and you're you're absolutely right. You hit on the head in terms of, like, um, not having to worry during either of these first two rounds. I mean, jumping ahead to the second round and thinking about a possible matchup with the Sixers, uh, they're... The, the Raptors have owned the Sixers and Philly fans will probably point to the fact that they have, they did beat the Raptors by 24 points back in December. But mind you, that was the only game in which Kawhi didn't play. Right. And Kawhi has shown in all three of the wins that he absolutely owns Simmons. And until they solve that problem, which they won't, they, they it's just not going to happen for them. Um, and, and that's not even to uh, overlook the fact that their first round opponent may be a tough Detroit team, possibly. Uh, so, I mean, I'm, I'm not penciling them. I'm more penciling them into the second round, not putting it in pen yet. Whereas uh, a Raptors game against the Sixers, I mean, Raptors getting into the second round, that's definitely happened for me. Um, but I agree with you. I mean, first round, I don't think we'll lose anything more than one game, regardless of who the opponent is. Um, and in the second round matchup with Philly, uh, I'm really hoping that the, the Raptors use that opportunity to really make a statement to whoever they face in the conference finals and whoever they could prospectively face in the finals is that we're, we're not effing around. We're not doing any, like this is what we have been kind of gearing up for all year. This is what uh, all the load management and all the various, you know, what was it 23, 24 different starting lineups. This is what we've gone through to get to this point. And now every situation we are ready for. And, you know, you make mention of the bench and we already know that, uh, you know, what happened last year was the the Raptors had the best bench in the league. And I think that that kind of created this, um, like, I don't want to overblow it, but it was almost like a false hope, right? That that this would continue into the playoffs. But the fact of the matter is benches and, um, I guess, lineup rotations get much tighter in the playoffs. And this team is now... You can, you can pick out your eight, nine guys who are going to play in the playoffs. And, you know, you know that someone like, even if McCaw comes back from injury, he's not really going to play. You know that Boucher and Lloyd and whoever we sign as our 15th guy on Tuesday morning is going to be, none of them are really going to play. And our nine guys are, are kind of ironed out. Um, I'd like to say that I'm kind of glad that none of those nine include Jeremy Lin. And... <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, we, we have our guys now, and even if it ends up being an, an eight-man rotation, because th- that ninth spot is a little bit iffy, right? It's because it's eight-nine is like OG and Norm, and I don't know about you, but I feel way more comfortable with uh, OG and uh, the defensive intensity that he brings. Um, I'd rather take that over um, Norm being okay on defense and okay on offense. Um, a little bit of inconsistency there, right? But we have our seven guys, right? Our starters plus Ibaka and Fred VanVleet, and our eighth guy is OG. I think that's enough to get us through. Um, you know, assuming that minutes are distributed a little bit differently. Obviously, in the playoffs, with more going to Kawhi and Kyle and Siakam, um, and basically the center spot with with um, Ibaka and Gasol split in two, essentially, right? So, it's I, I'm not too concerned about the bench. Is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> This is the Overtime Podcast Network.
1: Um, Well, before we break down uh, the theoretical playoff matchups, I do want to get into a different bracket. And so here we go. Look, this is, um, I know you know where I'm going with this. This is something that I think, uh, I I hope it's getting all the attention that it deserves because um, the concept was awesome the the thoroughness of how this was broken down was outstanding and just in a in a sheer entertainment aspect and i don't want to just focus on the entertainment aspect because i feel like that uh minimizes the hard work that's been put into this just the the thoroughness i can't say that enough into these articles that you and sean woodley put out um, it deserves all the attention in the world. um the kawaii staying bracket tournament was just it, it's outstanding and um so much so I went to Raptors HQ today to like brush up on it. I don't know if you knew this, but it's if you go to Raptors HQ, it's one of the SB nation's most trending articles.
0: yeah, I right? mean, yeah, I did actually notice that. that that's really like I have no words for that. that's really freaking cool. <laughs>
1: It's outstanding, man. It's outstanding stuff. Um, I had um, your your co host Jay on the show before, and he referenced it, and we talked about it a little bit. Honestly, this is um, it, it's just it blew my mind. It, I was extremely excited all the way through. So I, I don't really ever get the opportunity to talk about. Uh, other people's work with that individual on the show. Usually we just review the Raptors and review the week that was. But so this is a unique opportunity that I want to sort of unpack this with you. Um, I don't have, obviously I don't have Sean here, but I feel like you're the brainchild around this. So that's, again, not to take anything away from Sean, but um, it's so in-depth and it's probably the best Raptors piece that I've read this season. Oh, thanks. Um, Well, it's because like, This whole season has been centered around, is Kawhi staying? Like, everything that happens, every little thing, the games, um, the outcome of the games, rather, the the decisions uh, by Nick Nurse, uh, how the team is gelling on the floor, what the bench is doing. I feel like every Raptors fan's in the back of their mind, they're saying, Is this going to dissuade Kawhi or is this going to persuade Kawhi for staying? It's, It's those little things, the little nagging itch on your brain saying, is Kawhi leaving or is Kawhi staying? That's why this is so outstanding because it definitely speaks to every Raptors fan and to what reasons they have for Kawhi to stay. And for you to break it down, into like this this march madness seeding aspect which is brilliant so i kind of want to just give you the floor how did this begin what is the genesis uh behind this um, talk to me about the feedback, how hard was it to seed every single concept that you had? Did you agree with the result of it? Pretty much take it over. How, how did this all begin for you?
0: Well, first of all, like, honestly, like this is thank you, honestly, for the kind words. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing to see not just how, how this has come along in terms of, you know, it being on, you know, best of SB Nation NBA and the various comments we got, uh, it was uh, easily the best project I've ever worked on. And how it came about uh was I think it was Selection Sunday. And um you know, I've I've had this in the back of my mind that man this whole Kawhi is staying has become its own um uh, phenomena, right? And yeah. as as various little tweets and News tidbits dropped that about him staying, have been growing. You know, I've been just kind of collecting it over the year, over the season. But, uh, you know, I kind of hinted at this earlier in this episode that, like, it's kind of been hanging over us the entire season. Like, the second he was traded here and the second the rumors already started that this will probably be his only season. It might be his only season. He might be going to L.A. Right. Um, it's funny how it's been hanging over everyone's head but yet, it's never really um, hit any real negative news. The only one I can think of is the day when he bought that house in San Diego, <laughs> which is like yes. two and a half hours away from Staples Center. I don't, I don't, right. It became news for like half a day until everyone realized, like, wait a second, this is not actually in L.A. But, yeah. Um. Sorry, going back to the whole Selection Sunday thing. So... I remember thinking like, this is one of my favorite times of the year. It's when, you know, the the bracket gets released and everyone just starts picking. And then you, you start to see is all kinds of other brackets, right? You start to see like, Oh, what's the best restaurant in the USA? Let's break it down. What's the best color for kids to use in the classroom. Let's break it down. And, it's funny because like we, I, I laugh whenever I see these, but yet I read them. Yes. <laughs> I get interested and I just, this whole, uh, I love the term bracketology just because it's something that I, I want to do all the time. Like I, I run these office pools at work and anyone who's interested, even if it's like a pool of like three people, if we can get it going, we'll get it going. Like I've, I've done an office pool with uh, like the Australian Open. Like the tennis, the tennis, just, just because I want to do a bracket, right? And, or you want to win. Come on. Yeah, well, yeah, of course. But, uh, I just wanted to have, I, if I could have brackets every month of the year, I would totally do that. Right. Yeah. So that, that's one part of this. The second part of it was like, it's like, how could I bring a bracket into, into Raptors HQ? And in all honesty, it actually started off as a, just as a quick paragraph in the beginning of my wrap up. So I was like, Sunday nights, I usually like write up my wrap up, uh, which is like my weekly look at the games of the week. And it started off as a paragraph and I'm like, wait a second, this is, there's no way I can get this done in a paragraph. And I was like, maybe I should do this as an article. And then I was like, wait a second, why am I doing this? Sean Woodley has been tweeting about this all year long. He has been collecting everything. Most of the source of most of my Kauai staying information is from him. So (laughs) I messaged him and I'm like, hey, I've got this idea You know, and I, and I even said to him, like, if you don't like it, like I can do it. Uh, if you want it all to yourself, take it all to yourself. Like, I really don't care. Like, this is just an idea I thought of you. And he said, no, I love it. Let's do it. Let's do it together. And that's how it started. And we, we pitched it to our editor, um, Daniel Reynolds. And he said, I love it guys. And I still, at this point, I thought it was going to be one article. Right. And, um, he said, no, this is, this is going to be several parts. Like This is something that you can actually, like you guys collect your info and we can break this out into, I think it originally was supposed to be um, eight parts. And they were like, wait, that's way too much. And then when we started to collect and see how many we had, it was like, well, we could, if we stretch it a bit, we could probably get up to 64. But then it felt like it was a bit too excessive. So we ended up, <laughs> quote unquote, chopping it down to 32. And then the seating and, and the different regions. I mean, I remember the different regions. I, I pitched a couple of ideas at, uh, at Sean. I said, okay, well, this this obviously has to go into different regions. So here's what I'm thinking. So he kind of took that and uh, made it to what it was. And then actually he took over. He did all the seating. I was like, well, you know, we, we kind of have all we have here. So, um, you know, let's let's not worry too much about like whether or not, you know, the something that's kind of like a fringe highlight should get in or not we have a rough idea of what 32 should be. So let's just throw them in there and just get started. Like we just want to get started on writing because we were both super excited about Yeah, you know, Cause if you think like, if I look at some of the things that didn't make it, I mean, you know, they ostensibly could be other reasons. Right. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of how it started and you know, it's just kind of like snowballed from there. I mean, the, the, the comments that we got from that first article were, were so inspiring. Like I just, I just, I read them and I'm like, well, this is it. Like this is, this is, <laughs> this is peak J. This is it. <laughs> this will not be topped.
1: Uh, look, I, I think that, like I said, this is, it definitely is the best and most entertaining and most thorough piece, like in its entirety. That I have uh, gotten the pleasure to read this season. Um, was it diff? I know you said that Sean was mostly responsible for the seating, but was it difficult for you to sort of iron out um, throughout the process? In other words, when you saw th- reasons were getting eliminated, were you like, oh, I don't know, I really think that could be the reason? Like, is there anything that was eliminated in this bracket that you're just like, I'm really uncomfortable with that not being one of the main reasons or the reason why he's staying.
0: Well, I can be completely honest. I don't even think I told Sean this is the way that I uh, wrote out or typed out the finale. And that was between the finale was, you know, Pascal's really good versus load management. Um, You know, I remember he wrote his portion first and he was writing about how, he wrote all of this amazing information about why Pascal should win. And then he wrote this small paragraph about how, but really the answer is load management. Right. (laughs) And so I was like, well, I kind of like, he kind of won me over with the Pascal information. So I ended up doing pretty much the opposite. So I was writing about how, okay, so he's made all these amazing points about Pascal. I should probably counteract this with some amazing stuff about load management. And then, But instead say, because I I actually agree that like load management should win. I just want to kind of give a little bit more information about load management, right? Sure. So uh, I did just almost to like beef up and, and add context to what his choice was. And then, I don't know, the way I worded the final paragraph about, but do you think maybe Pascal will pull off the upset? It kind of sounded like I was choosing Pascal when in actuality, I didn't really make a choice. And next thing you know, it's like, all right, let's go to the poll, and the poll picks Pascal, and Pascal wins. And I was like, "Hmm, okay, I guess so." <laughs> like it kind <laughs> of finished a lot faster than than I thought. Um, at the end of the day, like I and I don't know if I had mentioned this in the beginning of the article, but you, we're good with either one, right? I mean, both of them are essentially the winners. But going back to your question about, you know, which ones were did you feel like were were I don't know, what I would consider, I guess, upsets. I mean, if I looked at this bracket, uh, when I looked at this bracket at the beginning, I remember thinking, I'm not going to do the thing where you kind of pick one out and say, that should be the champion. Right. Because that's that's A, that's not how these things work. But B, it it, it holds true to uh, March Madness, right? Right. Uh, whenever I do my bracket for March Madness, I'm never looking at who I think should be the champion. I'm always—it's always, always matchup-based. And this is how you're able to find upsets. This is how you're able to, um, I guess, enjoy the games more and you're not so surprised. Uh, so that's exactly how I attack this. So much so that on several occasions, whenever I would write do my write-up about a specific matchup, it wasn't a guarantee that I knew who I was picking until I wrote the final sentence. So like I would be writing about something I'd be thinking one would be the winner, but as I'm typing, I'm also convincing myself that the other one is actually the winner. And then that's what I end up choosing. Right. So yeah, it's been on top of this being probably the best thing I've ever been a part of. It's also been the biggest learning experience for me. Right. Like in terms of like, well, you never know until you write everything out. Right. Right. It's been, it's been amazing. Oh, sorry, sorry. I didn't. I, I actually don't think I answered your question. Uh, one more thing I would say is sure, that yeah. if I were to have the like, if I looked at just one and say this one, I think will win or at least has a chance to win. I really thought uh, um, uh, Lowry and Leonard being best buds would have <laughs> won, and it 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 got eliminated in the second round. So shows you what I know.
1: Yeah, it's it's a great exercise to really iron out the reasons, right, and how to prioritize them. Um, so I, I guess it's not really a spoiler because it is out there, but I will say that it. it Siakam, you sort of alluded to it, um, Siakam's growth and being really good is what won the tournament, won the reason why Kawhi will stay. Um, it, I, I do tend to agree with you that I think load management should have one. Um, It's not because it's just simply load management because I think you can look at load management in two ways. You can look at it in the one stance of a team giving a player rest or another way, a team prioritizing the health of a player, right? And they're very different things. There's subtle differences between the two because I think the latter implies that there's a sense of care as an individual that the team has, towards that player, right? And just simply giving a player rest. Like, to me, that's just LeBron right now. Yeah, just right. give, rest him, right. right? And that's just because, like, season's lost, whatever, let's not waste. Whereas what the Raptors have been doing with Kawhi has been, look, we hear you about the the, the downfalls of San Antonio. We hear you about how you wanted to handle your body and how you wanted to treat that injury. We are not going to do it that way. We are going to do it in a way that is suitable for you not just as a player on this team not just as a player to be successful on this team but as an individual as a human being and i think that is something that is pretty unique in in any sport really because like how often do you hear a team really putting up in, in prioritizing the well-being like the mental the physical and maybe i guess emotional well-being of a player it's usually just business as usual right it's usually just like here you're here to do a job yes we're going to give you days off here and there because it benefits us as a team uh, but you're here to do a job we may expect you to do it this is something that i don't think i've experienced before with any team in any sport and if I don't know, maybe I'm mistaken and not thinking of something, but nothing is really ringing a bell when it comes to a team really taking care of an individual on their team.
0: Yeah, I agree. and I, I can't think of an example either. And you know, maybe it'll come to one of our minds after, but the fact that we can't, um, it, it's not that we are biased. It's not that we are trying to force this staying thing into existence. It's... It's. I mean, take a look at the bracket again, and you'll see that it is littered with um, different people, different, um, I guess, levels of optimism. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of cases, and you, you saw it in, in who made the finals, and neither of those were single highlights. It wasn't like when um, Pascal hit the... Uh, the game winner and Kawhi was seen celebrating. That's just like a half second. That's yeah. two seconds of emotion. Um, that will never be the reason why he stays. The The fact that our finals were two things that have just been happening all season long is very encouraging. Um, and also, uh, I, again, going back to the thing about looking at the entire bracket, we covered, we as a Raptors organization covered Every single angle you could think of, when you're trying to maintain a a, a superstar of Kawhi's caliber, I mean, like even something as as minute as Norm being friends with his mom, or <laughs> if it is hiring um, uh, Castleberry, who is yep. who he knows from his Spurs days. If you're thinking about what we did at the trade deadline, those are all things that are happening outside and off the court. And then you look at the, the, the teammates, right? You're looking at Serge and and Kyle and even him laughing with OG. And, you know, uh, I think Danny had said in one of his podcasts, like, well, OG can can be the next Kawhi as long as they work in it together this summer. Like, yes. Like, what? what? Yes. They're going to be there this summer? That's great. Yeah. Right? So, or, or even things where, like, you, you kind of stretch the truth a bit, right? It's like, oh, well the Raptors are going to play in Japan in the preseason next year. And Japan does love new balance. New balance <laughs> is the number one shoe in Japan. Like, if we go it, stretch out into the, to the uh, more, uh, I guess, hypothetical and conspiracy like th- theories, then we had that covered in the bracket, but like the more tangible things, right? Like, like the load management and, and Brian Windhor is saying that Kawhi is actually really happy that we, like I said, Every single base was covered. So, you know, I mentioned this in the last episode of That's a Wrap, and it's simply this. If, if Kawhi chooses not to stay, he never, ever, ever was planning on staying. Right. And I can actually live with that now, knowing that uh, my team did everything they could to keep them, that my team uh, has the best interest of not just him, but their entire team, um, you know, they have it in check. So even if Kawhi were to leave, I won't be heartbroken a, because we have a solid team still in place after he leaves, but B um, this is a signal to the rest of the NBA. Listen, if you want to come to Toronto, we got your back, right? You, you say health is a concern. Look what we will start, right? You, you, you're concerned about the, the culture check out these guys on the court, check out how they, they love each other. Um, and, Tell me again why you don't want to play for this organization? So, yeah, I, I this again. The the bracket is more of a microcosm of the rest of the season and how how it adds to that excitement that you and I are both expressing, that all Raptors fans are expressing. That this is a season like no other, and you know the fact that we are heading into the playoffs with this kind of momentum, a is inspiring, but b it's really not that big of a surprise if you think about all the things we've been. Uh, improving on as the season has gone on. So, you know, bring these playoffs on, bring on the whole Kawhi signing, not signing decision, because I'm ready for it.
1: In all honesty, it's probably a combination of the final two. Like, if I'm Kawhi, I'm thinking to myself, like, yes, uh, Pascal Siakam is someone that I can definitely ball with, and that's important. You know, I don't want to be playing with a team with nothing around it and with no chances of winning at all. Um, and on, in addition to that, it's the load management as well. So like, obviously in, in the sense of seeding these things, you have to come up with the winner, but I I do think those two things are important to Kauai. And those are the, the two main things. I think you guys nailed it with the final two, um, that these are the two main things that he's going to be thinking about. Um, I, I just, I guess I, to wrap this up, I, I do want to, um, I, I guess it's strange to me because. This isn't something that I think OKC fans were doing last year for PG. Like, I don't know that this is uh, something that is widespread among like superstar players with one year left on their contract for their respective fan bases of the team that they play for to really dig in to see like, oh, these are the reasons why he's going to stay or to leave. And if they're really thinking about it, maybe they are. Right? But I don't really know that OKC fans were really digging their heels in, arguing one way or another. Again, this is a year ago, so maybe they were. It's just kind of exit my memory, like recency bias here. But I do think this is unique to Raptors fans. And it's not just like this. Raptors fans hyper obsess about a lot of things. Like a lot of little things, and they, and they tend to over-exaggerate things, and they tend to pretty much amplify uh, situations. So I kind of wanted to get your take on that before we go on to the next topic. Do you think this is something that is a strictly, uniquely Raptors fan base thing? Or do you think that this isn't really something new? A lot of fan bases do it. We're just really not paying attention to it.
0: Uh, I'm going to give you kind of a vanilla answer and say it's, it's – I'm not sure. Um, okay. I want to I want to agree with you that you know the, the other fan bases probably don't go to this lengths, but that's also because I'm not in tune with uh, using the example of OKC, I'm not in tune with how rabid their fans are. I know that you know I was on the Rolling Thunder podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago, right before the the home and home mm-hmm. with uh, the Thunder, and talking to Ben Mertens over there. You know, I I posed a question to him. I was like, listen, you guys went through this last year, yeah. What was it like? Like, how, how, how were you able to keep Paul George? Now, he never talked about how, uh, he never talked about the media frenzy. He never talked about how there were similarities in terms of how the Toronto media have turned this into an entire season of will he or won't he? It, it was just basically about making sure that he was taken care of, uh, he being mm-hmm. Paul George and that his health was number one, and that they, they put together a good team, and the more the the relationships that he was able to build went a long way in him um, and eventually resigning. And I remember getting absolutely giddy over this because I was thinking, this is exactly what the Raptors are doing with Kawhi. And the fact that, you know, it... I mean, the similarities with Paul George, right? I mean, destined to go to L.A., only on one year and they still went out and did it for the possibility of only having him for one year and you know if we were going to draw the comparisons they were eliminated in brutal fashion in that first round last year and he still decided to stay that tells you that it's a it's not about the money but it was more about i don't really need to go back home right i'm i've got it good here with russell and how this team is going and Look at how it's turned, right? I mean, he's an MVP candidate this year. So it's it's an amazing story to follow. Not only that he decided to stay in OKC, but the fact that he's even come back better as uh, as a Thunder player and, and just as a player individually. So I'm hoping that, you know, whatever he whispered to Kawhi a couple <laughs> weeks ago was something that, you know, Will live in Raptors lore, you know, once Ju- July 1st rolls around.
1: I remember when that story broke, I was like, Everybody in the ACC, give Paul George a goddamn standing ovation right now. <laughs>
0: um,
1: yeah, I, I do think that this is, uh, you know, the obsessive nature may be a little bit unique to the Raptors fan base because I do think, um, us you can't really discount all the hardship that the fan base has gone through. And I think the, the situation that went down with Vince really left a bad taste, obviously in the fans of Raptors, but that's sort of like, there's this level of PTSD that we have uh, when it comes to holding on to our star players, right? Even though it, it not just with Kawhi staying even though we got Kawhi for DeMar there was this level of oh shit DeMar's gone DeMar's gone like <laughs> even though it wasn't uh, in his choice we have a hard time letting go of uh, these players that are our mainstays these players that define the organization so in that aspect I do think this is unique to the Raptors fan base but um you know wrapping this up I do think that this article um, that you and Sean did uh, this whole bracket, the tournament, everything. It deserves a lot of attention. Um, that's why I wanted this to be the meat of the podcast, because not to say that it didn't get enough, but more is definitely better. So if anybody hasn't read this article um, made by Jay and Sean, uh, I, I highly encourage you to go to Raptors HQ, um, even if you just went to SB Nation. I'm sure it's right there on the front but give yourself the opportunity to just read the whole thing from start to finish in its entirety. Um, I, I I just think that there wasn't... This is something that has been on the minds of the entire fan base, and to have it really just leveled out and, and just put, like, pretty much just compartmentalized for everyone to see, uh, I think you did the entire fan base a great deal of service. So, like, that this is... This is why I'm honored for you to be on the show right now because I've never gotten the opportunity to have a, a, someone that has produced something so good, and we can talk about that article specifically. So for that, I uh, I raise my can of of beer to you, my
0: friend. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I uh, I don't know what I'll do as an encore, but if Kawhi does stay, oh, uh, oh. <laughs> uh. That's all I'll say. Imagine I if he was like, wait.
1: yo, I'm staying because I wasn't gonna, but I
0: read this article. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think there were that many reasons, yeah. <laughs> but then I came across this article and I was like, man, there's a lot of reasons. Man,
1: this is really good. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. All right. All right, let's let's uh, let's stick with brackets, but let's talk about the playoff picture. Um, as it currently stands, and honestly, I don't think it really get any better than it is today, personally, I think. But um, we're, again, we're recording this Sunday afternoon. The Raptors' right opponent right now for round one will probably change. But as it stands, they're slated to face the Magic, which is delicious for me. Uh, the Bucks are taking on the Pistons. And what is it? Yeah, the Bucks are taking on the Pistons. Yes, yeah, Sixers and Brooklyn and Boston and uh, Indiana. Sorry. Um. I love this. I I would love to face Orlando round one. I know people are scared of Orlando for some reason. I don't understand it. Um, How do you feel about the aspect of facing Orlando? And what do you think the likelihood of this changing come Tuesday morning? Uh,
0: Well, I have two bits of news then regarding that. Uh, And I'll get to the Orlando one in just a second. Uh, With Detroit's loss today to Charlotte and the combination of everything else that has happened today, uh, the first-round series possibility of a Toronto-Detroit series is officially not possible. Done. So, um, with the Pistons either finishing 8th or finishing... I don't know if they can finish 6th, but apparently there there is no mathematical possibility where they can finish 7th. So, with them out of the running... Um, yeah, it is between Brooklyn and Orlando. And if it does end up being Orlando, might I remind everyone that Orlando's starting point guard is DJ Augustine, and Orlando's backup point guard is Michael Carter-Williams. If you are afraid of this team, I should I should really tell you to reevaluate how you observe sports. Is he still Could on the 10-day? I don't know. And I think the, he
1: is. So. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I have no idea, but he's getting minutes.
1: <laughs> yes,
0: he is. And that is not good for a playoff team. Good for you, Magic. I'm glad you made it. I mean, I, I certainly did not have you making the playoffs this year. I thought the other Florida team would have. Um, yes. But, uh, you know, they have absolutely exceeded expectations. Um, Vucevic is deserving of the All-Star spot he landed. Um, yeah, I'm sure he was a fringe All-NBA center, but you really can't. Crack any of those top three. That uh, I believe it's Jokic, uh, Go Embiid, and Towns or Gobert. So yeah, I I don't think he'll make it all in the NBA, but Vucevic. That doesn't take away from his season. It's been amazing, um, and and Fournier has really been picking it up as of late. But that's really where all. Oh, actually, no. One more thing. It, Terrence Ross has really helped out that bench, and that bench has actually been playing very well lately. But that's it. Like, I, I know I've said a lot of nice things about the magic, but at the end of the day, this is a sweep or a gentleman's sweep. And that's it for Face to Magic.
1: It's great that we can't even acknowledge that Aaron Gordon is on the team.
0: <laughs> I know, right? I didn't even mention him. Like, go ahead. <laughs>
1: <sighs> Man. He's like the face of the organization before and now he's just kind of a no one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't be scared of Orlando. Like, I agree with you, man. I don't. I think saying this is a gentleman's sleep, uh, sweep is very generous. I, I think it's probably a four-game and done. And the Raptors are going to rest easy to see what's going on with Brooklyn and Philly. Because for me, the Brooklyn and Philly series, if that's to stay, that to me has maybe five, six games written all over it right there. And I have a difficult time uh, assuming that Philly can beat Brooklyn only because philly choking just sounds so appropriate to me
0: oh with a process ending and this is how it ends oh and <laughs> with tobias and jimmy butler both being free agents the the possibilities here of, of everything collapsing and them going into next season with only Embiid, simmons and no more draft picks and no more process is just too delicious it's the best
1: um, so you're confident, obviously that uh, Toronto can handle Orlando no problem. Um I think the Boston, Indiana, I think Boston has that easily. Um, I do think though the Milwaukee Detroit, if that's to stay, is very interesting because these are two physical. Teams. Now, I'm not saying that Milwaukee can't win this series. I'm just saying I wouldn't surpri- it wouldn't surprise me at all if this went five or six games either because Detroit has that resiliency to them. And I know you can say anything you want about Dwayne Casey in the playoffs, but at the same time, they're physical, they're rough. And if this is the way it's going to be and there's a theoretical Milwaukee-Toronto Eastern Conference Finals, Milwaukee is like army-crawling to that Easter Conference Finals, whereas Toronto, I feel, is just like skipping and whistling all the way there. So as it stands, I feel like Toronto has a nice, easy path, whereas Milwaukee, you bet your ass they're going to have a bunch of bumps and bruises along the way.
0: Yeah, and and I'm glad you said bumps and bruises because that's exactly what the team has been experiencing. While the Raptors have had health concerns all season long and are finally getting back to 100%, the Bucs are heading in the opposite direction right with uh, Brogdon Mirotic and i guess to a lesser extent Pograsol um mm-hmm. uh, with all three of them out and even Ante has been battling some minor injuries here and there uh, i am not as confident in the bucks now as i was let's say a month ago and you know they have been kind of coasting uh throughout the season and and this is not to take away from the fact that they have easily been the best team in the NBA this year. I just feel like there are some not red flags, but yellow flags that are starting to creep up um, from a health uh, standpoint, um, from a standpoint of how their side of the bracket has kind of played out. Um, they, they, they won't have it easy. So I agree with you there. It's, it's, they do have the harder side of the bracket. Um, and Detroit, Detroit, can really, I mean, if, if you want to bring up Dwayne Casey, he does have a history of beating the Bucks in the playoffs, right? So mind you, yeah. much different personnel, but he's really got his guys playing really well. And, you know, as we've mentioned already earlier in the pod, the playoffs are a time when uh, rotations get tighter, where even if you have a strong bench that doesn't necessarily um, uh that's not necessarily important in the playoffs and the Pistons have a solid seven, eight man group that they can rely on. And that is um, built for playoff basketball. I mean, you think about what Griffin brings to the table and Drummond, that's a front court that can handle almost any front court in the NBA. Right. And, you know, Reggie Jackson's really been turning it on. I mean, I, I, I like how they look and, and, You know, again, you you already said this earlier, but in terms of Dwayne Casey, you know, and his playoff shortcomings, again, this is still a solid team. It's not to say that he, I mean, we're not that far removed from him, you know, being the assistant coach on Dallas and, you know, figuring out a way to stop LeBron. So he has in the past figured out ways to handle um, a younger Antetokounmpo Who knows? He might have something uh, ready in this in this matchup. I know that I am looking forward to that. If that ends up being the first round matchup, because um, you know, there's even if the the Bucks end up prevailing, I feel like uh, Casey will be able to expose some weaknesses uh, that other teams can exploit later on down the road. Um, And if anything, it'd be great for the Raptors, right? Benefiting from Casey kind of buttering up the Bucks for them.
1: Do you think, now I know you've been talking about this on the That's a Wrap podcast, but do you think that it's a foregone conclusion? I already know the answer to this, but I'm pretty much setting you up. Do you think it's a foregone conclusion that if if it's a Milwaukee-Boston round two, that Milwaukee's just going to skate by that? Because... I am not convinced of that at all. Given Milwaukee's history of shortcomings in the playoffs, not being able to get out of round one, and Boston just, you know, not just by their team's mascot, but by, you know, just history, having a four-leaf clover (laughs) shoved up their ass and being lucky, um, they're also very good when they want to be. I think they have the potential to knock Milwaukee out and have it be a, a very... Loud and vocal Eastern Conference Finals between Toronto and Boston. What say ye?
0: Yeah, and you know what? It's something that I guess has been, um, and maybe this is just me not watching as many games this year. But I feel like the an underrated part of that series is actually the crowd. I know that uh, you know the Milwaukee crowd is kind of known throughout the league as being one of the craziest, but Boston fans. I don't know. There's something about the that that arena around playoff time that it, I don't know if it just sounds louder or it feels like the crowd is affecting the game more than usual, but there's something about that arena that scares me. And, uh, you know, if it, you know, you, you hit it on the head in terms of the bucks and their playoff history, they are now one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight consecutive playoff trips and not making it out of the first round. So the last time they did, was the uh, Ray Allen George Carl uh, days <laughs> and that was back in 2001 when um, they made the conference finals that should have been the conference finals of Bucks and Raptors but that's another story for another day um but we can kind of see how you know there there are little holes there that that the Celtics can pick at and you know despite how poorly they played all season despite the fact that they're probably one of the most underachieving teams this season, the playoffs, everyone starts zero and zero. And as long as, I mean, they're they're healthier now than they were last year, right? They may not be clicking on all cylinders, but again, we're starting at zero, zero. And all records out the window, this is a Celtics team that's going to be very difficult to eliminate, especially if they find that extra gear that's been lacking all season long and um you know this is not to take away anything from what the bucks have achieved this year but um i mean correct me if i'm wrong but i don't think Buttonholzer either has had that fantastic of a yeah. no it's true playoff career himself did he not he, i think he led the the hawks to the yep. number one seat as well and they flamed out against lebron so it's uh it, it's nothing is is, is going to be it's not going to be a cakewalk for the Bucs and you know you, you like you alluded to already I already mentioned this on the pod and my stance hasn't changed and I will agree with you I don't think the Bucks will make it to the conference finals I think that the Celtics will figure it out somehow I, I wish I could give you numbers on that would back me up but it's more of a gut feeling and I hate when people say it's a gut feeling because <laughs> I prefer to rely on numbers um, but but well, part of me feels like this is destined to be a Raptors Celtics uh, Conference Finals.
1: Man, I, I I talked about this with Jay. Man, if if that's the case, I love that because then I can go like I can go to Boston <laughs> and watch that series. And it, it, for me, that's just like it's all right. So like you're right. This sort of lends credence to what you were saying about the Boston crowd. You're right that they, they when come playoff time, Boston fans of any of the the four sports there. Uh Red Sox, Patriots, Bruins, Celtics. They get loud. They get passionate and by definition they get really drunk. Um so <laughs> um having that sort of rambunctious crowd is sort of intimidating. So much so that like if there is a uh, Celtics Raptors Eastern Conference Finals, um the atmosphere is going to be so intimidating that if I go and the Raptors win, I sort of have to duck and cover because they get, they get rowdy there. But look, I think that if it's a Celtics-Raptors Eastern Conference Finals, I'm a little bit more weary of the Raptors' chances making it out of that. I do think they're capable of doing it. But for some reason, the aspect of facing the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals means that the Celtics are, they're reeling. Things are clicking with them and things are going right. Whereas if it's Milwaukee, I'm just like, that sort of makes sense. We anticipated this already. Let's just give it everything they got. I feel like if Boston, oh, makes, it these, yeah. Yeah, Boston makes it there, it's like something clicked that we're unprepared for. And we don't have that enough tape. Sense. You know what I mean?
0: Oh, yeah. I didn't look at it that way that's a good point now you got me yeah. thinking about me a little word <laughs> yeah
1: yeah so i think in that aspect that's going to be an interesting eastern conference finals if that were to happen but um i guess maybe this is counterintuitive to a lot of uh, raptors fans out there but i'm more comfortable facing the
0: bucks in the eastern what you conference finals yeah you know I what see mean? You mean. and and you know, we, we also, this is the time of the year where you start to kind of reflect on all of the best, I guess, and worst parts of the season. And when it comes to, to, and we talked about this in the last episode of that's wrap as well, in terms of what's the best game of the season, um, you know, both Jay and Dre mentioned the, the game against the Bucks. And I wanted to agree with them. I ended up going with the game against the Warriors back in December, but I, if, 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 well, in all honesty, it was against the Bucks, and that's because there was something about that game. I mean, we were uh, we had just come off that loss against uh, San Antonio, heading into to Milwaukee. They kind of had our number to that point, winning both at home and on the road. So, you know the 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 hopes weren't too high going into that matchup, and we still we still pulled it out. And I that was probably the highest I felt all season in terms of. How we played as a team, so I think that that game alone has given me enough confidence that a matchup with the Bucs is something that we can take care of. And like you, you've already said it, in terms of what 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 a Raptors Celtics series could be like. You're right. I mean, if 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 they do end up meeting, that probably does mean that the Celtics have realized something, and uh, you know that's that that just that just makes it that the an NBA Finals appearance for the Raptors is not. Written in stone, you know it's more like penciled in in my mind. So, um, but yeah, it's it's as I as I said earlier in, in the episode. I mean, I this Raptors team has shown that they can take punches and come back and hit harder. And um, you know, I say I say bring it on. I mean, whether it's the Bucks, the Celtics, or anyone else, um, I, I'm confident in this team, and I think that um, we have the tools and the right system in place to make the first ever Finals appearance.
1: All right, well, let's piggyback that up a little bit. You talked about, like, standout games and whatnot. Um, before we get into the two sweet moment, I wanted to ask you, you know, given everything that's been going on this regular season, we touched about it at length at the beginning of the podcast. Is there a specific player that has stood out to you? And I think I know the answer, but is there a specific player that has stood out to you that you have didn't really have that much expectations for going into the season, but at this point, you know, in retrospect, you're saying, wow, I can't imagine this team being this good without that person. And it's pretty obvious, but go ahead.
0: I don't know if it's that obvious. You know, my answer oh, really? changed. Yeah, yeah, I I know that we we, we kind of, um, you know, you, you had sent over the agenda, and it's like, hey, this is what we're going to talk about. And I was like, okay, well, I think I know what I'm going to say here. But I actually, ju- like, in my head, I actually went through three different raptors mvps and okay my mind changed half an hour before we started <laughs> it changed again as we started it changed like 30 seconds ago like and i think that's actually a good thing for the Raptors, right that i don't know at least in my mind there is not a specific mvp and that's not to say that we are you know just uh, an amazing team that should, that, that and that's the MVP and that's some vanilla answer. But like, I, I don't know, like at, at some parts of the season, I felt like Kawhi is the MVP. Let's not overthink this. But then there was a certain time of season when, when he's sitting out and Lowry is just by far the MVP because he is the glue that holds everyone together. And then now I'm getting this recency bias. That's like, well, the one constant within all this has been Siakam. Yep. Whenever Lowry sits, <laughs> And Leonard is doing well. Siakam's right there. So I, I don't know. I, I think my mind is going to change again in about 10 seconds. So I'm just going to say who's at the top of my mind. And right now, that person is Siakam. Yeah. And I think he is the MVP of the season. He is. He's, has uh, walked that fine line between um, being the glue guy when Lowry is out and then being the um, the superstar whenever Leonard is out and he has answered every single obstacle that's been thrown at him whether it is hey you know when you enter the season you're you're more of a bench guy i don't think you are good enough for a starters role it took him all of one game to take that role over and then it was you know what uh, you don't have a three pointer i don't you know they they're just going to sag off of you well you know what he's hitting 40% of his threes now so or or even on the defensive end right it's like well you can't uh, you can't handle big men well he has and <laughs> every single challenge has been thrown his way and he's he's absolutely answered it so i think for me at this very millisecond it's Yakum.
1: i i have to agree with you right and it's funny that you say you know these other players that are called into your mind that you, you had to flip flat flip flop back and forth with, because for me, as you were saying that I was just like, all right, maybe I need to reevaluate my <laughs> stance because I thought the obvious answer was Siakam. So I'm like, all right, well there is someone else. It's funny that you say that because you know, if it wasn't going to be Siakam for me, I was going to say Danny green because Gee, Danny green has, yeah, he's years. been, yeah, he's been incredibly consistent. Um, I feel like you know, going back all the way to the trade, we talk about the Kawhi trade. uh, We don't mention enough, and I'm guilty of it too. We don't mention enough, Danny Green being a part of that when it happened, right? And I know, like, when the people that know basketball and that really study the game, they're saying we got Danny Green in this trade. That's pretty much highway robbery. But to the casual Raptors fan, this was a quote unquote throw-in. And for him to prove that he wasn't that throughout the entire year and not just that, like it's the off the court stuff with the podcast that he does being like so willing to integrate himself within the Canadian culture and whatnot and not care, right? You've never heard a bad thing about this trade when it came to Danny Green. Like there was no conversation of does Danny Green want to be there? He just sort of went with the flow and he was very open to everything so in in that aspect i think that there is some high praise for danny green but it's it, for me it's crazy that we're talking about Kawhi, kyle pascal and um and danny green you can pretty much also throw in serge Ibaka in there too <laughs> if you want to have a solid five because he is Pretty much night and day compared to last year. Yeah, I know it was difficult for him to pick it up with the bench when Gasol got traded over. But for that time that JV was out, uh, Serge Ibaka stepped up big time.
0: That 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 jumper, the, the pick and pop with Lowry yeah. is that's it. That's like a layup, just over by the elbow, around the free throw line. That's a layup for him. And you know there was a small transition period when he was getting moved over to the bench, where he just wasn't. Uh, there was still a buff feeling out, right? Yeah. And now he's, like, I think it's over his last six games. He's averaging 20 and 10 off the bench. I mean, that's yeah, all, all you could have asked for. Or that's more than you could have asked for actually. So yeah, I mean, I, I would even throw him in there and that's that's five guys, right? That's amazing. Any one of them, can be, and like, like again, and, and I echo what you were saying about Danny Green is like, you, you look at um, like what he's been doing on the court in terms of, always being tasked with guarding the opponent's strongest offensive player and stepping up to it like time in and time out whether you you see him when a chase down block or whether it is holding his ground and denying the ball or stripping the ball late in the game uh he's always been there and this is why he is the league leader in i think he's the league leader in plus minus or around about the leader and um We've seen it from since day one, right? And and that's without even talking about how you know present company company excluded. It's probably the best podcast out there, uh, from a Raptors yeah. perspective. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, I am for me the 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 uh, elephant in the room when it comes to talking about the Raptors off season. Uh, and this is probably because we talk about Kawhi staying and not staying so much. But for me, the elephant in the room is who are you more heartbroken over if Danny Green and Kawhi Leonard both leave? And, and that is a question I don't, I'm not really asking, but I kind of just did ask because <laughs> what what Danny Green's brought to this team is that is just, you can't put into words what he's done to this team and, and what he's able to open up for everyone else, right? And I I quiver at the thought of A, losing both, but B, losing either. Right. And yeah. uh, it's I know when I when I've told different people about like when they ask me like, OK, well, what if Kawhi signs? What's it look like on the salary cap? I'm like, you know, we're already over the salary cap next year. And that is without Kawhi and Danny. So that is I don't know what Masai is going to do in terms of, you know, keeping both. Um, and and that's assuming, of course, he's intends on signing Danny. He should. Um, but yeah, it's 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 quite a thought experience, right? To think about, like, oh my gosh, like, we're talking about Kawhi, and, I mean, you even said this at the beginning, right? In terms of the trade. Casual fans will talk about how Danny was a throw-in. And now that we're all more educated on it, I feel like we've done it again to Danny, where we're talking about only Kawhi re-signing. We're not talking about, what about if Danny doesn't sign? And I think I've just convinced myself to do a Danny Green is staying bracket. (laughs)
1: Uh, part two. I love it. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that Danny Green being on this team, um, depending on how far they go. Right. And if, if our assumptions are correct, that they're going to make it to the, all the way to the finals, um, win or lose that, I think all, both of them deserve to be back on this team. Um, I, I my prediction is that if they make it to the finals that Kawhi will definitely stay. And if Kawhi's staying, I think Danny's staying as well. I think that I think Danny would be the kind of player that would be like, I don't need to make a shit ton of money. Uh, I'll even take a quote unquote hometown discount, just as long as we can keep this core together. And that lends to the to the character that Danny Green has exhibited throughout his tenure, his short tenure with the Raptors thus far.
0: Yeah, I, I, I don't know what what else what else I could say to this. I just know that that this season has continuously showed how amazing this team is, and I think the fact that we can name five different guys as our MVP is a testament to that, right? And uh, I, I don't even know who who is your final choice. Who is your is it still Siakam?
1: Yeah, it was Siakam for me. And oh, then okay, you made okay. me double double think it. So. <laughs> Let's let's for that. Let's move on to the two sweet moment of the regular season. Usually we do a two sweet moment of the week, and I did have one prepared before I outlined this. It was going to be Jack Armstrong singing Biggie, but <laughs> now that, that was a no brainer. That was it was yeah slam dunk. Um, <laughs> it's like what Biggie said: "Throw your hands in the air, you you're true. You know, it, it's still,
0: it still amazes me. That he is. Oh, I wish I had the number. I know this, but uh, he's only fifty-eight, oh, and that God. that blows my mind every time his birthday rolls around, or someone just casually like throws it out there. Like the, I I and I I used to work for the Toronto Raptors, and I yeah. used to see him in the hallways, and even then, that was eight years ago. Seeing him walk around, he did not walk around like a fifty-year-old. He walked around like an eighty-year-old. So. <laughs> The fact that someone—I mean—it shouldn't surprise me that he can do Biggie references, but at the same time, when you've seen him, the way he looks, the way he walks, I'm like, man, are you sure? Are you sh-? like? I don't think he's that much older than Sergi Ibaka at this point. Like, it's crazy to think.
1: <laughs> uh, every time he does the pregame with Matt. Every time Matt's talking to him, you see Jack just like stare into a corner. And it's just it's just like so concentrated. I'm just like, uh, he's the best. Anyways, yes. so the two sweet moment of the year. There have been plenty of Great moments for this team. You can talk about the no-look steal. You could talk about Danny's buzzer beater in Orlando, the Boucher dunk, DeMar's return, Kyle Lowry's heel turn against DeMar, where he stole the ball and just passed it to Quiet to beat San Antonio, uh, OG's breakout game against Cleveland in the City jerseys, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I'm going to leave you with your uh, moment first, and then I'll respond, because I actually have three, and I have to, like, Settle between one of them. So, um, what is your
0: two sweet moment of the regular season? Well, I actually have ten, um, but I'm saving <laughs> that for uh, so on, another bracket. Uh, on uh, <laughs> no, it's actually as all season long, I've been I've been taking part in the Raptors HQ roundtable, and as part of our uh, roundtable wrap up, I guess you could say for the season, we are putting together our our pick um, to all the the roundtable writers. There's about seven of us. We're kind of picking and choosing and ranking the top 10 highlights of the season. So, you know, I've kind of picked my 10. But of those 10, I guess I got to, you know, for the sake of of your question, I'm going to narrow it down to two. And uh, number two is is kind of, uh, uh, I guess, perfect considering... It's you that I'm I'm referencing this Mm -hmm. to, but it happened against the Celtics, and it was the Kawhi Danny double block. That for me was the I guess the number two highlight of the season because number one game two. That was game two, right? Yeah, yeah. That was the oh. Let me just remind you guys that you have Kawhi and Danny on the same team, blocking Jason Tatum at the exact same moment. It was perfect. And I think the timing of it was perfect in terms of what, at uh, what point of the game had happened. The atmosphere was perfect. Like everyone was just going insane over the fact that Kawhi was a raptor. Like it was still in its honeymoon phase, yeah. and uh, the fact that that happened at that junction of the game, at that point against you know in front of a national audience, it honestly would have won for highlight of the year. But I think we're both probably going to agree. On the uh, Kyle Steele and Damar to Kawhi dunk. I mean, that honestly, that's that's in a level all on its own. Now you, uh, I know you're alluding to the fact that you've got three year debating between, but for me, that one is just it's untouchable. I, I I could try to make a case for others, but really, this is just on its level on its own. This is the two sweet moment of the season, hands down. At least until Kawhi says he's reciting. <laughs>
1: Um, so the three that I had, you're right. The, uh, the steal against Demar was one of them. Um, that, that to me was the, the one I was torn against for, I'll, I'll get to the other one in a second, but that was a moment that I think shocked a lot of Raptors fans because that's something that you just didn't see happening. Like if you could, if I describe that game to you, like before it happened, I'm like, here's my prediction for the game. The Raptors are going to win this game tight and Kyle Lowry's going to steal the ball from DeMar, like, dirty. Not really dirty, but, like, sort of blindsiding him and, and taking it, and then Kawhi's going to have a, a nice little um, fast break slam dunk as a result. You'd be like, no way, dude. That's not going to happen. Like, there's no way Kyle's going to do DeMar dirty like that, and it happened. Like, these are the moments that you just can't write. You can't script that kind of stuff, and it was just perfect. Um, I also have the victory in GSW. Only because, all right, so Kawhi didn't play that game. Right. It was the day before my birthday, <laughs> it, it, I, and I watched it on my birthday because, again, I, it's a 10 o'clock game in yeah. Eastern Standard. I can't watch it, so I wait until the next day, and it's JV's last game as a Raptor, Yep. and that to me is a little sentimental, right? In all those things, it's sentimental. I also have Pascal's buzzer beater over Phoenix mm-hmm. because I feel like that really cemented his identity as the most improved player of the year. So, like, these are three moments that are really torn on, and I'm sort of just leaning towards the Golden State only because, like, that's truly the end of the We the North era because that's JV's final game as a Raptor.
0: Can I Can I throw a little wrinkle into this? Because sure. we were debating this when it came to highlights, and I didn't want to be that guy, but does that really count as a moment, though? Like, that's an entire game you're talking about, right? I mean, when we talk about... The
1: victory was the moment.
0: Ah, okay, okay, okay. Okay, fine. Then I can see that, then. I think then my what I'm going to reference is totally different than what you're referencing, that is, like, when we were talking about, like, the top ten highlights, you know, a couple of things that got thrown out there were, like, let's say Siakam's career high, 44 points. Yeah. And I didn't want to be that guy in this in this group chat, but I'm like, that's not a moment. Mm. That's not a highlight. That is a series of highlights. Yes, at least for you. Yeah. yeah, Exactly. For you, at least you you have made sense of it, right? Like the the end result is the moment. So that makes sense to me. And also, I think for you, it's 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 perfect because it also has a, a ton of personal. Value to it, right? I mean, the fact that it was your birthday, and the fact that it is also, you know, the end of the the Weed North area, I it, it makes sense to me. Yeah, I, I'm not going to argue against. Um, that. And if if you remember in my last in our last episode, again, we we're talking about the best game of the season. I did mention that as the best game of the season, right? Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's it's totally worth all the praise it it's been getting.
1: I do remember uh, hopping on Twitter the next day, like actually on my birthday, and people. And probably you, everybody was just like, that's probably the best Raptors game I've ever seen. And I'm just yeah. like, oh man, like I haven't seen the result. I knew the Raptors won because I got the ESPN notifications <laughs> on my phone, but I'm just like, and the Raptors notification because I do have the app, but it's just like, what did I miss? Like this is, this is why I like to rewatch games that I miss because like, even if they lose, I want to see why they lost or if right. they win. I want to see how they won this game and especially against a team like Golden State. You want to see how this happened, especially from that much of a disparity between the two scores. I'm just saying, wow, this is this is without Kawhi Leonard on the team and Jv leaving halfway through. My God, how is this possible? So you know, and this also, I think um, Curry was playing this game, whereas when they came to Toronto, he wasn't playing, and Durant, which is an alien, and hitting everything on the court. Um, Exactly. So for me, it's just like you have these this game. And it just proved to me that they can do it without Kawhi, right? I don't want to see them do it without Kawhi, but I think that if Kawhi was to ever doubt that this team is relying too much on him, he's bearing too much of the load. At that moment, he was he could tell himself with certainty, "Okay, I'm good. Like this team is good without me, and we can go places." That's why this game, this GSW, not uh, you know, not all the the, the personal things that you've just mentioned about like my birthday and whatnot in the JV, but just that aspect alone of this team with a new identity. That's why it's a little bit sentimental to me.
0: If, if you're trying to get me to add that to the Kawhi thing bracket, you're a bit late <laughs> there, buddy. You're just a bit late can have though. an addendum on that. <laughs> I, I will admit, though, that was one of the ones that got booted. Like, you remember I was telling you we had like almost like 64 of these? Yeah. That, that was up there. That was mentioned. So it didn't quite make the cut. But uh, it, it, you definitely could, right? I mean, we had a whole bunch of these types of games where it was like, man, look at how they performed without Kawhi. That kind of is a reason why he would want to stay, right? And you just hit it out on the head, right? So, yeah. I mean, I, again, I, I don't fault you for, for choosing that. I think, uh, you know, had you said that first, Maybe I would have chosen that because like you're you're very <laughs> convincing.
1: <laughs> you would have been like, now I have eleven. <laughs> all right, um, all right. So let's let's predict the the final game and then we can wrap it up. Um, they have one more game in Minnesota on Tuesday. Uh, from what I've read, they are not going to rest starters barring an injury from Danny Green. That doesn't mean they're not going to play limited minutes, and I think that they will. But assuming all of this. I can't see them losing against Minnesota.
0: Yeah, um, I'm going to agree. Um, mainly because I don't know who is playing on Minnesota anymore. I mean, last <laughs> I checked, Jeff Teague was out, Covington's out, Rose is out. I mean, they, they really are just running on fumes at this point and just, you know, kind of playing out the season. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess I will. Um, I want to say reluctantly choose a win because a part of me still, I guess, wants to believe that the starters will not play, and if it does end up being the bench, then uh, you know maybe Minnesota does actually pull this out and uh, you know end this season with a bittersweet victory. That you know this they there were there were high hopes going into the season for the T Wolves, right? I mean, at the beginning of the season, Jimmy Butler was still there. And there were high hopes that they could somehow navigate um, with him in tow and make the playoffs. And that just simply didn't happen from the get-go. So, yeah, I'm going to say if the starters play, we win. If they don't, like if you see at least two of them resting, um, then this will be a Minnesota win against the uh, Raptors 905. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> all right. Fair enough. Um, all right. So that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, this was a little longer than usual, but again, I wanted you to expand as much as possible on the article that you and Sean wrote. Um, this is your time to shine. As you know, the floor is yours. You can promote anything that you got going on. If you want to promote the article again, by all means, it deserves to be, but, uh, the podcast, your Twitter, everything go for it, man. The floor is yours.
0: Oh, uh, again, I, I, always look forward to our conversations, whether it's on your pod or on, on, on mine, uh, truly amazing work that you're doing day in and day out. And, uh, I, I don't think that, you know, as much as you kind of bigged up the, the, the Kawhi bracket, I don't think you get the the credit you deserve in terms of your loyalty as a Raptors fan, you know, living out there in, in Celtic nation and, you know, being a, an advocate for, for the Raptors fandom out there is, is truly amazing and underrated. Um, but on, you know, sticking with the, the, the Kawhi bracket, I mean, you can find all six articles on Raptors HQ. Um, I no longer have any more wrap up, um, weekly reports because there's no more regular season games. So I don't have that anymore, but I still do have the podcast. That's a wrap podcast, um, which for some reason is easier to find on all your podcasters, when you're typing in Raptors HQ podcast. Um, but we still love to call it That's Rap um, with my co-host Jay and Dre. I mean, we do it every Thursday night, typically comes out Friday mornings. But Yeah, it's just, it's just a couple of guys kicking it, you know, talking about basketball, just like you and I today. And uh, it's a fun podcast. We love to do it every week. And we encourage you guys to listen to it because we never know what you'll get from us. Of course, we'll hit you with the weekly Raptors news, but every now and then we'll have something like comparing hip hop artists to NBA players for some reason. So, <laughs> um, yeah, that's where you can catch me. Um, <clears throat> I don't know what I'll be doing during the playoffs for, for Raptors HQ, but I know I'll be doing something. I don't know if I'll think of something to the magnitude of Kawhi is staying, but uh, I will continue to work my creative juices and see if uh, I can spew out something for uh, for the playoffs. And uh, as for following me, you can always catch me on Twitter. I'm at Rosalesaurus, R-O-S-A-L-E-S-A-U-R-U-S. And again, thanks, Adam, for having me on.
1: Yeah, no problem. And uh, I highly encourage everyone to uh, subscribe to the That's a Wrap podcast. Um, All the links. So the link to the show will be in the description. The link to your Twitter will be in the description and your work on Raptors HQ. So if you guys want a nice little easy avenue to the articles that Jay has posted on Raptors HQ with the bracket included, just check out the show notes. It will be right there for you to click on and check out. But um, I really appreciate you coming on, man. I know we went long form today, but honestly, I couldn't think of a better guest to do this with, and uh, I'm sure we'll be talking during the playoffs. So hope you have a good night, man, and uh, take it easy.
0: Thank you. Thank you.